Hi, I'm Ed Romaine, and welcome back to Mobilizing Culture. In this chapter, we'll be evaluating the economics of technology and how entire categories of business are being altered by a handful of disruptive companies. Joining me this week is Chelsea Kane Macklin. My name is Chelsea Kane Macklin, and I'm the Director of Marketing at Bumble. Originally launched as a dating app, Bumble has now expanded its business model into three distinct sectors. Which are Bumble Date, Bumble Biz, and Bumble BFF. So Bumble Date is where we launched, and that is a dating app. Bumble BFF is a friend-finding app, and Bumble Biz, which we launched in October of 2017, is an app that allows you to network with people around you. If you download Bumble, you are prompted to select between finding love, friendship, or networking, and then from there you can create three separate profiles. These three sectors might seem disparate, but they are all tied together by the same unifying mission. Encourage online accountability, end misogyny, and to empower all people through kindness and respect. With a clear brand mission at its core, the real challenge is how to communicate it effectively to all of the employees at Bumble, as well as its user base of over 27 million people. We put it just about everywhere, (laughs) across all of our different marketing channels and distribution channels. I think, especially if you just look around in the HQ where I am today, the sign behind me says, life short, make the first move. Our big neon when you walk in says, make the first move. Uh, It says, be kind and neon upstairs around our main office seating area. So we surround ourselves with the mission here, but also everywhere we, we distribute our marketing materials. So whether that's through our ambassadors or our queen bees who are local city leaders, the materials that they use personally and also within their marketing tactics are all very mission centered. Even on our, even on our laptops, we have stickers that make sure that you, whenever you're making a marketing decision, you can check the boxes like, is this is this truly feminist in the sense that it's feminist in a way that it's a vehicle for inclusion, not alienation? Is this going to help us grow and help our users grow? Does this add value to their lives? So I'm curious to know what it's like to work with so many inspiring women in the tech field and specifically what's it like working for someone like Whitney Wolf Hurt? Oh, it's a dream come true, honestly. So our team is about 85% women. Whitney is one of the most inspiring and gracious and generous people I've ever worked with. And it's such an honor to be able to work with her on a daily basis. Our executive team is all female. A lot of our partners are female. And I think it creates a more collaborative workspace uh, in general when, when women are in leadership positions. To me, because it is so married to our our mission and ethos, it creates an incredibly inspiring workplace. Do you think adoption to Bumble was impacted in either positively or negatively as a result of you having a very specific mission that was really female-led and sort of empowerment-driven? Yeah, I absolutely think that it has positively impacted not only our, our user base and our community, but where we see ourselves going and developing as a, as a team and as a company as well. I think one of our first taglines ever was something better. And I always go back to that because it's A, relevant across all three verticals and B, what it's really what we're hoping to provide. And if our mission is to end misogyny, encourage online accountability and empower the world, um, yes, it does attract less people, but at the same time, we're providing value that's sustainable 
So we're providing value that people will want and need for their entire lives, not just for something momentary. And especially when it relates to ending misogyny, which is initially why this was this Bumble in general was founded by Whitney Wolf Heard, you really cannot sell anything other than empowerment and kindness and respect. Um, mm-hmm. And that goes back to our checklist. So if it's not fulfilling, if it's not checking the, the boxes, then it's not something that we should be doing or that we want to do or how we want to be positioned generally. Bumble is clearly a trendsetter rather than a trend follower. Its empowering mission statement is practically cemented into everything the company does. And not surprisingly, Chelsea is constantly thinking about new creative ways to reach her target audience. What does disruption mean to you as a marketer? That's a really good question. I think the acronym I always use with the team is G-M-I-S. G being global. Is it globally relevant, but localized and relevant to the community that we're hoping to reach? Is it measurable? Can we make sure that it actually works? And if so, can we replicate it? Uh, Is it integrated? So does it leverage multiple marketing channels and strategies? Not all of them, but depending on what we're trying to achieve. Does, do we work across influencers? Do we work with press and our ambassadors? Do we look to performance marketing to achieve that goal? Um, And lastly, is it sustainable? So we have to be able to add value to our users' experiences online and offline in order for us to be a sustainable marketing machine. Mm -hmm. Um, I think disruption is a combination of all of those things. And especially as marketing and, and brands evolve, I think the trend that we're seeing is that you have to be authentic when you're speaking to your customers or potential customers, and you have to actually provide something to them outside of the product or service that will help enrich their lives. And I think that's where disruption is heading, and that's where Bumble's mission has are has always aligned with. Um, and so continuing to innovate within that structure is what you guys can expect from Bumble now and in the future. Do you think that you've impacted dating culture? Absolutely. And in what way? I think there's a lot to be said for the first dating app that has a mission um, and has a mission to end misogyny, which is so rampant in dating, um, and encourage online accountability and empower all people. I know I keep coming back to our mission, but it is the the bread and butter of why we're different. I think that is the, the main reason. So one of the things we noticed um, to that end was that on Bumble specifically, in a heterosexual match, the woman is the one that has to make the first move. Can you tell us a little bit about the decision to have that be a part of the online app experience? Women generally are less likely to speak up when they're uncomfortable. We know that they're less likely to ask for promotions or ask for raises. And that's true in most facets of life, life and especially in love, friendship, and uh, professional relationships. So when women are in the driver's seat, we see less aggression. We see less unsolicited either messages or, or photos, it has changed the culture. And I think it will continue to because we're holding people to higher standards and mm-hmm. we're asking, asking them to allow women who are traditionally not in the driver's seat to be in the driver's seat in relationships. If you're using Bumble as a woman, 
the whole frame, the whole way that it's set up is that you're given the power. I think that's like one of the first screens and you start up the account is it says we give women control. So you feel that from the moment you create your account because you do feel like you have control over the situation. Because when you're in a bar and you're approached by someone, not only do you not feel like you're in control of the situation always, sometimes if you're approached and it's kind of unwarranted, but people can get a little aggressive or there's a sense of entitlement that sometimes, unfortunately, there's this culture that guys have where if they offer to buy you a drink, the expectation is that you not only have to accept it, but then you have to talk to them. And then their expectation is sometimes that you have to then go out with them. And so with Bumble, it's, it's free from that because all of the guys who are on that app looking to meet women are also buying into this idea that women should get an equal say in who they do and don't want to talk to. By them signing up for the app, they've agreed to say, I will hand over the power to the woman to let her sort of navigate or maneuver how things go. And those are the kind of people that I would want to meet anyways, are people who would be willing to make that switch and to sort of play in that arena. What are some of the things you're most proud of that you've worked on that you think speak to sort of the disruptive nature of the Bumble community? Well, we've recently launched a series of Bumble Hives, which are basically a a place for our users and potential users to meet people that they otherwise wouldn't outside of the app uh, in a safe and a safe place where they can also learn something. So for example, our LA Hive, which is off of Melrose Place and live through the end of March, um, is a kind of collaborative co-working space, but we also have programming that helps um, define healthy relationships, that helps provide professional advice, that helps um, give you insight into how to better treat and look for friends in general outside of your current bubble. Um, We also have things like flower flower crown making classes and um, different interactive that people can come together, whether it's um, friends meeting for the first time or their first date or their first coffee networking session. And we've basically provided a space for them to do all of that safely and for free. For example, at the LA Hive, Um, Casamigos has provided free beverages throughout the weekend. So if you come in and show your Bumble BFF or biz or date profile, you have access to not only the space and free Wi-Fi to to work in a comfortable setting, um, but new people that you probably haven't met before and programming to help facilitate building those relationships and then programming just for you personally to develop um, because that's also obviously key to healthy relationships is having a healthy relationship with yourself. Do you all think about when you advertise, do you think about mobile because Bumble is a mobile app and what sort of platforms do you prioritize in order to get people to A, be aware of the app, but also convert into being a user? We certainly do. So in general, we look to social media Um, We do a lot of performance marketing across Facebook and Instagram and and Snapchat. But we also look at traditional non-mobile marketing and advertising opportunities as well because we do want to be disruptive. We, We want to be places where people might not expect. For example, during our Bumble Biz launch, we had a ton. We had a subway takeover and had advertising that said, let's open doors for each other on the doors that opened into the subway. So we, we absolutely do think about mobile advertising because 
obviously we're an app and that's where our target market lives but we try to test and innovate across other channels as well the ability to make connections with other people in a work context like that's just something that did not exist when i was starting my career i've talked to so many women who are trying to start a business and they don't know where to start and who to talk to and who are the people that i want to work with who i can learn from just to know that you can at least look through people that are credible you get to read about someone's background and who they are it's just going to make the whole experience faster. What probably took me years to develop and cultivate, you can do in days, minutes. One of the major differentiators that separates Bumble from its competition is its expansion from dating app into multi-pronged networking tool. While the concept of a dating app is largely self-explanatory, the implementation of Bumble Biz and Bumble BFF needs a little bit more explanation. So speaking about BFF and Biz, I want to understand the differences, I think, between the three because I think that each of them are probably impacting different sectors of interpersonal communication in different ways. As it relates to Biz specifically, are you targeting female entrepreneurs only or is it a more inclusive environment to include male or you know does it not matter (laughs) well traditionally our our marketing and advertising has been women focused um because bumble biz is so new and of course the fact that we are an inclusive community it is been targeted to all genders in general and because we launched so recently we're also still testing and discovering as Bumble Biz and adoption grows. What sort of early indicators of behavior are you seeing? Are people using it as a way to connect with other entrepreneurs? Are they looking at it as a way to seek employment? Are they looking for mentorship from people that might have more experience in certain verticals of business? What's the sort of consumer journey on Biz? A very early trend from from this point, knowing that we launched in October, um, is that it seems that most of the connections that are happening happening on Bumble Biz are location-centric, of course, because it is sure. a location-based app. So people looking to build their local network, whether okay. that's through mentorship or just pure networking. It isn't set up to be a job-finding application at this point. It's very much for building relationships with your local community and especially due to the fact that the way that you connect with people via Bumble Biz is based on the location parameters that you set as a user. My name is Marina Zaria. I'm a creative strategist at Foundry in New York. I think I was one of the earlier adopters of Bumble Biz. Like I was on it when there were just like a hundred people on it. I have never used any dating apps before. Bumble Biz was my first because I've been in a long-term relationship and I kind of avoided the whole dating app scene. And so I was really curious about Bumble Biz for that reason. I was really curious about the usability of it. And I've always wanted to use dating-like app, except not for dating. And actually I've made a bunch of cool connections because I've been curious about what people do. Like, I met a guy on here who's a chief behavioral officer, which is a title I've never heard of before. And so I reached out, and I was like, what does that entail? That was really cool. I'm actually meeting him for coffee really soon. And I got linked up with a nonprofit project um, where I do photography and video um, for this, this historical foundation in the West Village. I had absolutely zero goals and zero expectations. In fact, I think I might have been curious because I saw an MTA ad and these train ads caught my eye and I was like, hmm, Bumble Biz, for people to connect and talk to each other and to, you know, create professional connections. 
Shifting gears slightly to BFF, is it a new mechanism to find new friends or maybe friends that you might not otherwise be introduced to because particularly in urban social circles, and I'm being super general, people tend to either you know socialize with, with folks that they're working with or, or people they are, might already know inside the market. Is, this an, is, is the idea behind BFF to help people be more, have a broader horizon as it relates to socialization? Absolutely. So in terms of the types of users that, that we find on Bumble BFF and what it's been most helpful for is creating new groups of, of friendships through transient time. So when you move to a new city or especially for women, if you have your first child and are looking for other mothers to gain insight and advice from and just share the same sort of life journey with um, at that phase in life, it is incredibly helpful for those that are not only looking to expand beyond their own social circles, but for those that are going through life changes where you need a community and support. I love that. And are people on BFF posting content to sort of share, like as an example, the mother example you used, are they able to share best practices with each other or message one another to talk about maybe some challenges they're having in their in their personal lives? Yeah, one of my favorite results of Bumble BFF are these organic Bumble BFF city-level groups. So there is an Austin Bumble BFF group where people that have met via Bumble BFF have started to create a digital community. And you can see the activity is completely organic and they're asking for advice in terms of where to get their hair done or should we all meet up and go to X for brunch. Um, It's really fun to see that, you know, the purpose of Bumble BFF is really turning into communities. Yeah, yeah. So as one of the marketing leads, do you have, I wouldn't say concerns, but do you think it's challenging to delineate the three to make sure there's a unique value proposition against each? Like, how do you sort of delineate your efforts so that if I'm Rachel X from San Francisco, I understand the difference with what each provides at the onset? And and how much interconnectivity is there? Like, if I'm on the dating app, am I learning about Bumble BFF as well? Absolutely. So actually, as a, a new user, if you download Bumble, you are prompted to ask, or excuse me, you're prompted to select between finding love, friendship, or, or either for networking. And then from there, you can create three separate profiles. And in terms of the way we think about target markets, because I think that's what you're asking, there's obviously some overlap across the three, but because the USP is so separate for each, so obviously for dating mode, we're reaching people that are single or looking for potential dates. For BFF, we're typically reaching women and men that are moving to new cities or that are mothers or fathers. And for Bumble Biz specifically, we're still testing, but especially knowing that you need a professional community and professional support when you graduate college, when you graduate graduate school, when you transition between jobs or interests. Um, there, are, there are very distinct and separate groups that have those interests. And we try to communicate with each of them separately, but under the cohesive umbrella of our mission and goals. 
Swiping right to find your soulmate seems like a concept that's been around forever. But in reality, online dating is still in its infancy. With so much early success, Bumble has positioned itself to have a significant impact on shaping the future of what online dating will look like. We're seeing more LGBTQ couples. We're seeing more interracial couples because being able to meet someone via an app at your at your palm, at your fingertips, uh, that's outside of your typical circle is much easier. So we're also seeing that the relationships that are born online last longer. Why There's, do you think that is? I think, gosh, that's a really good question. I would have to totally speculate on it and it's not founded on any research. It could be because you're actually establishing a bunch of synergies prior to, prior to your first encounter, right? I right. guess that's probably think, the most obvious. Well, when you, let's look at a, a Bumble profile, for example, you have five photos, you have a bio, you have, you know, a little bit about yourself, which is actually more than you have when meeting someone for the first time. And even thinking about extroverts versus introverts, if you're meeting someone for the first time, that's an introvert, um, it's, it's harder to make a snap judgment on whether or not you have long-term compatibility. Whereas if you're matching online and you're basing that off of, yes, a few photos, but also a bio that, that illustrates interests and hobbies and, and background, you're connecting on something a, a bit deeper. And I think that is an element that gets um, glossed over a lot of mm. times when people mm-hmm. think and, and discuss online dating because there are, there are a lot of obstacles, I think. And to your note on how it's become quite sexualized. I mean, in fact, it looks like it's actually a longer term, healthier solution for people. Yeah. I mean, it sort of sounds like the center of of your disruption or what Bumble sort of sees as the maybe utopian future is a place where or a world where people can engage with each other, where kindness sort of leads before all else. And of course, where there's sort of this like underlying root of empowerment, but also it, it seems like, you know, when you're talking about the propensity of people to engage in more biracial interactions or more LGBTQ interactions, it sounds like it's it's also a place where there's, you know, sort of less stereotypes and less borders. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much to Chelsea for joining me today. To stay up to date with all the latest news from The Hive, follow Bumble at at Bumble on all social media. That's B-U-M-B-L-E. And if you're looking for a date, friend or networking opportunity... Call me or download the Bumble app right now. Mobilizing Culture is a production of Cargo and At Will Radio. You can follow Cargo on Twitter at Cargo and on Instagram at Cargo Mobile. Please visit Cargo.com. That's K-A-R-G-O.com to stay up to date with all the latest. Next time on Mobilizing Culture. We wanted to take technology and data and apply it to an industry that really hadn't seen massive application yet. 